Support for this episode comes from Modern Football Technology. Modern Football Technology provides real-time opponent tendencies and self-scout while eliminating manual data entry into Huddle, DV Sport, and Exos. If you're tired of tools that are time-consuming to learn and perform inconsistently at best, then we recommend Modern Football for a fresh perspective. Schedule a demo today at teammofo.com to see a battle-tested tool that's proven to perform and deliver value. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use a coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. And listen to our recent episode featuring Folsom High School Defensive Coordinator Jordan Ersick to learn more about how the 2023 California State Champion uses modern football to dominate their opponents. competing with ourselves instead of others it really builds that team environment if you get a group of guys in the room that aren't worried about competing with the guy across from them they're trying to be the best version of them man that, that really changes things and we've seen some great things because of that on today's podcast we discuss position battles that's something that calvin renfro the offensive coordinator and the staff at olivet nazarene do and it really involves grading their players constantly to know where they are at. And I think this is a great topic today. This builds so much into thinking about how it helps your culture, how it can help you develop a game plan. So there's a lot here we're going to bite off. And as I said, joining me is Coach Renfro. Coach, thanks for joining me here on the podcast. Keith, thanks so much for having me today, man. It's a pleasure to be here with you and get to talk a little ball. Absolutely. So the idea is position battle. So let's start off with a definition of of what that is to you guys so our listeners can understand. Yeah, we're fortunate to have a lot of great players like many coaches. We always tell guys uh, when we're recruiting them that they're going to come in with a chance to compete. So a lot of guys get into programs and don't feel like they ever have a chance to compete for one reason or another. But we bring guys in and every single person on our depth chart will get evaluated. We do it on a practice-by-practice basis. So that way you move up and down the depth chart based on your grades and it's been a a huge success for us you get a lot of coaches that ask you got two pretty good quarterbacks how do you choose which one of those guys plays and I say I don't don't choose they choose and and what that grading system has done is allowed us to have great relationships with our players because they are the ones that are moving themselves up and down it allows them to really compete with themselves as much as they're competing with another guy on the roster because they're just trying to get 1% better and move themselves up the ladder instead of comparing themselves to others, which has been really great for us. And for you as a, as a concept, as this overrunning concept, position battles, where was the idea sparked or where did you evolve this from? Yeah, that's a great question. So to be honest, Keith, I spent most of my collegiate career as a backup quarterback. And through that time, I didn't really know where I stood, right? I obviously knew the guy in front of me was, was way better. I was fortunate to back up a player of the year in our conference on a really good football team and had a great experience but I never was in a place where I was really comfortable or knew what I was doing wrong or what I needed to do to put myself in a better position to compete you know it's all it's kind of like you talk to so many high school players they're like yeah you know coach played this guy because uh, he liked him more his you know dad gave him there's all these excuses and and things but for me as a player I was just wanting to know, hey, 
where am I at so I can get better? Because if I was comparing myself to the all-conference guy I was behind in college, I would have felt terrible at myself. I just need to worry about getting myself better. And really this idea of grading for me came from that. So it gives active feedback to every guy on the depth chart, not just the number one guy. And it allows each of our players in every position to go out there and just work on making themselves better. You know, instead of chasing the guy in front of you, which you are through your grade still, it's still super competitive. You're more focused on, hey, if I was a 75 last week, I want to get up to 76, 77. I want to keep moving my way up. So for me, it was really born from that. And our staff has a bunch of some experiences and a lot of thoughts on how we could bring this grading system together. We've got a great staff and they really just brought it to life in each of our position groups. So I imagine though, that this has to be something for you guys. And, and I'm not sure if it started out that way, but really a big part of your culture that this helps build culture, that this helps build that chemistry you guys need, that trust with the coaches. Yeah, 100%. And our head coach, Coach Heyman, is a phenomenal coach, man. He's, he's done some great things at many different programs. I actually got to play for him when I was in college. And I'm, I'm really, really thankful for him. He's one of the great ones, but he really is a big believer. One of our core values is compete. And the root word of, of compete doesn't mean to compete against. It means to compete with. Another one of our core values is tell the truth. So we always want to be telling ourselves the truth first. So what this allows us to do is, number one, each guy knows exactly where they stand. So we actually don't just give them the grades. They can see in every single play what they got positive points for and things they need to improve on so it's not just a grade it's a roadmap to help them get better and when we're competing with ourselves instead of others it really builds that team environment if you get a group of guys in the room that aren't worried about competing with the guy across from them they're trying to be the best version of them man that, that really changes things and we've seen some great things because of that yeah definitely so when you're looking at grading things, especially as you're talking about it, going over the course of the week, it certainly can be something that can add quite a bit to your workflow. So what have you guys been able to do so that this is something that's efficient for you? So we're fortunate enough to have a great staff. We've got some phenomenal uh, GAs and even student assistant coaches that I know everyone doesn't always have the, the resources for that. But we're we're super blessed, but we've created a pretty simple formula. So every position has is different. Some are more similar than others. So obviously quarterback is way more complex. So in a quarterback competition, for instance, just to give you a little detail, so we go off adjusted completion percentage instead of completion percentage because the first quarterback is obviously me going with number one offensive line and the number one receivers. You know, we've been fortunate to have a couple All-American receivers. So obviously that would be a clear advantage for him throwing to, you know, those All-Americans. So guy number two on the depth chart, the reason we went to adjusted completion percentage because he'd make a great read, great footwork, put the ball into place, and the guy wouldn't catch it. Is that his fault? No. I want to make sure that the grade reflects that. So each position group has a specific component to make sure that we're trying to level the playing field and get a pretty solid look as much as possible and compare them equally. With that, because accuracy was something I graded and, and very similar to what you guys did, especially useful when determining who, who the starting quarterback could be. The other thing I did with that part of it was those 
<laughs> one-handed catches, the the ones that the, the guys got to go make a dive for, maybe they weren't in the right place. No, oh, yeah. I would count those against them, right? So so we yeah. defined it. We said, Absolutely. okay, there's a there's a radius here, a catch radius for this guy. Accurate yeah. means you're within that catch radius. Do you guys account for that? If you throw into double coverage and our All-American receiver bails you out, correct. We're going to adjust it down. But also what we use the grading is to really emphasize things that that we value so for me i want the quarterbacks to be aggressive so if you have a one-on-one opportunity and you send that downfield to one of our really good receivers and it's not a perfect football i don't want you to lose a bunch of points if you took a good one-on-one matchup right so we built in some aggressive adjusters so same thing for offensive line we really want our offensive line to get physical so we increased the value of pancake so we really want to send those guys to finish plays and be physical so Along with building culture, this gives us another tool that the guys get active feedback from that promotes the things that we want in our brand of football and our culture. In addition to the adjusted completion rate, I know you guys do RPO. I'm sure there's read game involved. There's other decisions outside of the throwing game. What other factors go into grading a quarterback? Yeah, great, great question. So we have a, if you look through the grade sheet, so we have a pre-snap category, right? So we run a, essentially a pro spread offense, but very much uh, pro terminology, long calls. So if we call a play, we have certain adjustments that we make off the plays, even within the RPOs. And if we get a pre-snap look that you're supposed to check out of and you don't, you know, you get a negative. You know, so we're, we're building in everything from pre-snap, footwork, right? So if uh, your mesh footwork is off or you don't fake, proper fake, we, we grade the footwork there and then obviously missed run reads. So as a guy who, who played quarterback, I know sometimes there's a gray read, right? So I try not to overthink those. You know, if it's pretty pretty clear give and they pulled it, we're going to mark off for that. But also, you know, we, we also build in some playmaker things, right? If you saw both the edges crash and you knew you were going to beat that guy, even though it's probably maybe it might have been a give read and you beat them to the outside, that's a, play, a, a playmaker point, right? So we're trying to always – I never want to – dot guys for making great plays and moving forward like even our drop back game right so a lot of our concepts are split so if it's single high we're reading this progression if it's too high we're going to read that and uh if i can see that your eyes are off and where we're supposed to be and you miss your number one read or we don't get to the hot guy then we're going to uh, adjust for that as well so from a procedural standpoint you mentioned the pre-snap but the whole operations, if you're not no huddle, you do a bunch of it, I'm sure. Correct. Uh, but the, the whole operation part, I think, is important for a quarterback, too. We've we've had those situations where a guy could go out there and make a play, but then when it came to actually like moving a team down the field because you're operating properly, you know, we'd see a slowdown in time, for example, when we charted those things, too. How do you guys account for things that are procedural? For us, we want to go fast, right? We do a lot of no huddle. But being in the right play for us and making sure we know where we need to get our eyes and we catch the football is more important than going light speed, right? Procedurally, you know, we, we do signal the plays in from the sideline and try to get lined up quickly. But as far as, you know, procedurally trying to say, hey, we need to go this speed or not, we're not really grading up or down for that too much just making sure we're getting in the right look. With the presentation of this then to the players, but I think when, how, what do you give them, et cetera, what does that look like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So when you talk about building trust within a team, 
transparency is key, right? With today's players, they really don't want to know why, right? So our guys can actually go in and see the – we do it on a, a Google Drive, but they can go in and see their grade, like I said, and what they got marked off for and what their percentages were for the day. So when we do depth chart, literally we just print it out with the percentages and every offensive coach has it on the door. So it's literally, you know, one through whatever, and it's the highest percentage grade down. So we think transparency is important. Uh, that transparency, like we talked about earlier, also really lends itself to learning, right? So guys can go in there and see those things where they got marked off. They're going to actually go through that on the coach in their film session and say, hey, this is where we got an opportunity to get better, or I love this. This puts you over the top keep doing this right here, right? So we get an opportunity for positive reinforcement as well, which we really want to be about that. So the transparency and then literally, so when we're in fall camp every week, so we'll do a couple of practices, some inter-squad scrimmage situations. And so every week the depth chart changes, right? Just based on your grade. So like I said, we all print it out, post it on the door, and our players all have access to the plays that they were marked down or got extra bonus points because we loved it looking at this then you know you're you're seeing these different trends uh, maybe it's as a group maybe you see them individually but how does this make its way then into the practice plan yeah so pr practice plan that that's a great question so we're trying to in camp we're trying to get some equal reps early and mix up the groups so we get a pretty good feel for who is where so we script which quarterback is with which group early in camp, right, to kind of get those guys. And it's the same thing, offensive line, running back, receivers. We're, we're kind of doing the shuffle to give us a, a, a pretty comprehensive look on the offensive side of the football. Practice plan also, I'll tell you, a pretty crazy thing that we do is we have a day, we call it Make It, Take It Tuesday. So on Tuesday, all the quarterbacks pretty much stand behind the first group and if you run a play perfectly, so if you have good pre-snap, great footwork, your snap timing, if we have motion, good read, good throw, all that stuff, you stay in. So we call it make it, take it. So if you run a play perfectly, you stay in. If you do something wrong, you're out. So I think week eight last year, our third string quarterback hit like 19 plays in a row. And so that's 19 reps he got with the first group, you know, that really helped him build confidence and Bill where he's at. So that's a competitive thing. And what I love about that day is that obviously we're not getting equal numbers of grades, but it's allowing those guys to get some grades in with the ones. And it's super competitive. So all the quarterbacks are literally standing right behind and they're trying to find something wrong that that guy did. And what that does is really makes a micro focus on every single play. Like they are super locked in. They're taking great mental reps. And that's been a huge success for us because it goes hand in hand with our grading and competing. You know, they're trying to, they're cheering on their teammates, but also trying to find something he did wrong so they can get their chance in there, which is, which is pretty fun. It sounds like, you know, we always talk to, to players about getting their mental reps too, right? And this is a way to keep them engaged in what's going on when they're not actually in the play. A hundred percent. Yeah. We started doing this about five years ago. It's kind of a fun thing in spring ball. And the feedback I got from our quarterbacks was unbelievable. They said, coach, I don't think I've ever been that locked in during a team session when I wasn't in, right? Like they don't turn around and get water or, you know, nobody's socializing, right? They're locked in trying to make sure if the next guy screws up that, you know, the next guy's in so they can get back to their turn. So it really 
you know, it poured gasoline on the fire of mental reps every Tuesday. It's almost for us. So even when like our guy who was the starter last year, even though he wasn't in there getting the physical reps, his mental reps went through the roof and he might've even seen taking a better pre-snap, uh, taking a better look at the safeties than he would if he was in the play because of that. Again, this is something we did that was similar and we, we would put this all in an Excel spreadsheet and would have the things next to the play and would do some side-by-side comparisons and, and cumulative comparisons too. So I might then later look at a particular concept. Let's say it was uh, our, our four verticals and see that, geez, we never hit this route over here or we always miss on this route over here. It would lead us to being able to dig into and examine what's going on or, or what's wrong with this and then develop drills with it too. How do you guys look at the bigger picture in that regard? Excellent question, Keith. And I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with practice planning and leading into game planning. So uh, we get in the fall, we're rotating kind of one, two, three. I try to give all those guys similar plays that are in the game plan for that week, right? And we saw that one of our quarterbacks was absolutely crushing throwing our, our flood concept, right? Like it was very natural. He always graded high on those. And one of our older, other quarterbacks, when we were moving the pocket with him, his percentages were way higher, right? So we want to take all that data and create a game plan, not just for us to win versus our opponent, but to help our guys be successful. So same thing I think about offensive line play. One of our offensive linemen, whenever he we pulled him, his grades were, were through the roof on run plays other than down blocking. So we're like, all right, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta pull this guy more. He's way more comfortable doing that. So I think data can tell you uh, a lot of things, especially when you're going through and grading, you know, what people are comfortable with. But after you look at that, and we have, sit down and have conversations in the office, hey man, you really graded super high on this. Like, oh yeah, coach, I, I love this play. You know, they they kind of give you more feedback as you're going through it. Especially, you know, guys will tell you they love a play, but it's one thing to love a play; it's another thing to win that play every time you're in right those are two totally different things and we've really benefited from that as well yeah i think in in going to something like this where it goes beyond you know grading with a plus or a minus and being specific in certain categories what we saw is that over time these guys essentially became coaches on the field they they could start to see too what we were looking for on film they could start to feel it which is more important, and, and then work with each other. And again, you think about, okay, now not only are, are they working to improve themselves, they can help each other. Again, you're just building that bond. You're building that team unity that everybody's raising each other. Yeah, and it helps our guys. So one of our quarterbacks had a shoulder injury, so he was out for a little while. So I was having him chart, and our conversations became more and more evolved the more days he was charting because he was really locked in, right? So he was getting great mental reps, even though he was injured. And I'll tell you, you know, we talked about emphasizing culture. So we had a quarterback, he had some bad body language and he wasn't always aware of it. But I'm telling you, as soon as I put that body language plus minus in the chart, wow, you'd be surprised how quickly uh, that shaped up. You know, it's, it's a thing that shows up in percentages and it, it, it helped a lot of no for us, that was a, a thing where I was like, hey, if we can say, hey, you had four plays where you had bad body language, as opposed to, hey, man, you got to work on your body language, right? If I have a an actual statistic 
of hey this this many plays out of this many you know you're showing bad body language bro we got we got to get that to zero obviously but what that allowed him to do is bring it down right so if we took off a couple of those a week after we had that on there a while you know culturally it was a win all because we actually tracked it right and emphasized it as you've gone through this process and developed it have, have there been things that maybe you were grading that you said you know what this actually isn't that valuable to us or this isn't helping us improve as as we expected and just discarded it or adjusted it a hundred percent so this is a it's a living breathing thing and like i said based on what you want to emphasize or the type of team that you have uh i can tell you if i look if i look back at the first grade sheet that we did this uh, back in in 17 i probably kind of laughed it was a good effort and a good idea and it's, it's panned out this day but there's a lot of things missing from them that we've adjusted and made better to this day. And I, I think the cool thing is, depending on your offense, defense, culture, like you're trying to emphasize and look for certain things. A triple team might have a totally, obviously going to have a totally different scorecard than an air raid team, mm-hmm. right? And, but the beautiful thing about this grading system is no matter what you're running and what you're doing, like you said, it builds trust. It emphasizes the cultural things you want within your program, and it can be customized to the things that you feel are most important, right? So in our offense, which is heavy RPO, decision-making is huge, right? Accuracy is huge. Uh, making sure we're in the right play. Th- those things are, are game changers for us. So I've got to make sure that those are graded the highest because we know if we do those things, we're going to be in a really good spot. In looking at yourself in this process, the coach, how does this help you reflect on what you're doing to learn how you might be able to improve? Yeah, as much as it's living feedback and active feedback for our players, it is for me as well. I can tell you that it's made me realize things that I probably would have missed. You know, we're as humans, we're emotional creatures, but when I look at the numbers, it simplifies things. So, if I'm not at practice, I've been out of practice before and a guy has finished absolutely on fire in the last team competitive period. I'm like, man, we had a good, a good day. And I thought that I was like, man, this guy's moving up. But then, you know, when I look at the numbers, it's like, oh man, he was actually not very good until the end. Right. So emotionally I felt good, but the numbers are what told me the truth. So from learning that lesson, I was like, okay, as an offensive coordinator, as a play caller, I probably feel good about a certain play here and there, but the, just the value of analytics and saying, hey, I might feel a certain way about this, but what are the numbers teaching us? I can have certain feelings, which could be wrong. Obviously, you know, as offensive coordinator, we all think we have a great gut feeling, and, and you know, I try to stick with that as much as possible. But, you know, the, the numbers are there to help us. And through that lesson of – it was just a good lesson for me – and you know, call it analytics wise to make sure that the numbers are validating what we feel. We really dug into how this works for the the quarterbacks. If you could give us an overview of how it works for the other positions, I think that would be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So we go to offensive line, effort, assignment, technique, and win. That's how it is for a lot of the other positions, those four categories. So effort, obviously, where you're going uh, whistle to whistle plus, Assignment, did you do your assignment? You know, if you're supposed to block the, the sandbacker, did you get to him? Right, technique, did you take your power steps 
properly is you rip through and climb, right? And then win, which obviously is uh, important. Did you win, right? So did I finish? When the whistle blew, was I in a, in a winning position? And then obviously there's pluses and multipliers for knockdowns. There's negatives for missed assignments. Obviously, if you think about running backs, and it's going to be a multiplier positively for just a, a scout protection, right? If you just stone a defensive lineman, we want to love you up for that. But if you put the football on the ground, there's going to be a negative multiplier for that. Same thing with receivers. So if you get a pancake block in the perimeter, we love that. I feel like that really gets our run game going. But if you drop a ball, you should have caught. I mean, we can't have that. That's going to put us behind the chains. So a lot of different things in each of those positions. But I think the base for offense is effort, assignment, technique, and win at, at most of the other positions with obviously uh, some different points of emphasis built in throughout the grading. Well, I appreciate you sharing all these ideas with us today. I certainly think that'll be helpful to some coaches out there. Uh, if they want to learn more, what's the best way to connect with you? Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm I'm on uh, Twitter uh, at Coach Renfro R E N F R O E. Feel free to just shoot me a, a DM or uh, feel free to email me uh, J C Renfro at Olivet.edu. Uh, love talking ball. Would love to share that. Get you connected with any one of our position coaches or myself, specifically on what we do. Always uh, love to talk ball and just help keep moving our great game forward. Coach, again, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate what you shared here, and best of luck to you and the Tigers in 2023. Yeah, appreciate it, Keith. Thanks for all you do, man. I know a lot of coaches listen to this, and uh, we just appreciate everything that you're doing to help us all get better uh, on a daily basis, and wish, wish the best to you and your family. Thank you again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Always be sure to check coachingcoordinator.com and our show notes there for related content. And follow us on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.